Podcast people, Christopher Coleman again with the Soundcast, the official podcast of TrekSounds.com. And welcome back. It's been a while since you've heard our voices and uh, even longer since we've heard yours. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Um, but we are back again and uh, it's good to be back. It's the summer months and uh, I can tell because I'm sweating like a pig in my house because it was like 100 degrees and the humidity was off the chart here in Orlando, so I know for sure that it's the summer. But um, we'll get into talking about that more in a little little bit. Uh, Joining us once again is our faithful and wonderful um, crew, uh, Marius Massilar. Welcome back to the Soundcast. Good to have you back on. It's been a while. Hi. (laughs) And Tom Hoover of scorenotes.com. Welcome back, Tom. Well, thank you, and thanks again for the uh, invite. Absolutely, absolutely. Wouldn't be the same uh, without you guys. Um, so how you guys been? How's the summer been treating you? Um, vacation, school, what's, what's been happening? Well, all is, all is good here. Uh, you know, just trying to find a safe refuge in the air-conditioned movie theater here with the, with the summer, uh, summertime upon us now. Um, and just trying to um, find some good scores and uh, good films to watch. Yeah, agreed. Marius, how about you? What's happening? I'm tying up a uh, um, an online course from Berkeley that I'm doing over the summer, so that's been keeping me kind of busy during the daytime. Um, nice. And in the evenings, I've just been doing my, my usual music writing and listening and all that good stuff. Yeah, okay. Now, you got any projects you can talk about? <laughs> Actually, no, at the moment. I don't. Okay. All right. Well, you've been doing some cool stuff that you've been posting to SoundCloud, um, who's not a sponsor of this podcast, but I'd welcome them to be. Uh, <laughs> I'd happily say SoundCloud as many times as they <laughs> like. Uh, but you have posted some cool stuff on SoundCloud, and uh, um, it's been cool to listen in. Listen in. How fast do you crank those out? Like that last one you did, I think was kind of um, real adventure you know, just that wonderful stuff that I love to hear. I can't remember yeah, the title. Those, uh, the recent things that I've put up on SoundCloud have actually been uh, me testing out some new things in my, uh, in my usual software templates. So they weren't actually for any project, um, which means I didn't have to you know, worry about having to go back for someone's revisions or anything like that. Um, so all of them took, uh, I don't know, under a day in any case. Okay. Uh, each usually just in about an afternoon okay nice uh, do you want to share what 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 um, uh, instrumentation uh, package you're using or is that a secret well trade secret okay well you know looking for sponsorship it's, it's more, we, it's we more might be able to get another sponsor <laughs> say again uh, it's it's just because there's so many it's I don't use just one it's a uh, it's okay. new combinations that's basically what I was okay. trying out well, the end result was, was, was fantastic. Tom, you should check that out when, when you get a chance. What's the, what is your SoundCloud um, address? 
Uh, I'm pretty sure it's just soundcloud.com slash Mathazar, M-A-T-H-A-Z-Z-A-R. But I don't usually, like, send people there, so I, I don't actually have the link memorized. I probably should do that. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, you can, find, uh, you can find links to it from my main site, so... Yeah, summertime is here. Um, you know, it used to be summertime was a nice, relaxing time where things slowed down, but it doesn't seem to be that way the older I get. It seems like it's just as busy as any other time of the year, if not busier and more uncomfortable because it's so friggin' hot. Um, but uh, one good thing about the summer is, usually anyway, is it's blockbuster movie time and blockbuster score time. And so here we are. I guess you could say we're approaching the the middle or the apex of the of the summer movie season um so there's plenty to talk about already if we go all the way back to may which kind of the memorial day weekend or mid-may is kind of when that season kind of kicks off um just talking about movie wise um and there's been some, some significant ones that have been released already uh, <clears throat> what what have you guys been impressed with so far um Pretty much Robin Hood impressed me, maybe because the reviews were so negative and I strolled in there and I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, typical Ridley Scott, uh, you know, you, you strike away the uh, the name Robin Hood and you have kind of a historical adventure saga that you could enjoy. Uh, but pretty much everything else has been by the numbers thus far, so uh, not too high on, on the uh, being impressed scale. What about you, Marius? Uh, I have to say I enjoyed um, I enjoyed Robin Hood as well. Not so much the score, actually. I thought there were some some really beautiful moments that just didn't go anywhere. Um, so th- the music was a bit of a letdown, but the film um, I actually had more or less the same experience. I went in having read some of the reviews that just tore it to pieces, and I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. I thought it was exactly what. You know, it it wasn't pretending to be anything different than a Ridley Scott film, and it was great. Okay. Uh, is there been anything that's just just movie-wise? We'll talk about the music in a minute. Movie-wise, um, has there been anything that's really, really disappointed you? Marius? Really, really disappointed me? Um, no, actually. I don't think anything's uh, has really disappointed me so far in the season. No. Okay. They've all been pretty pretty okay or better. Okay. Tom? Well, the the casting of uh, Prince of Persia, which I call the Caucasians of Persia, <laughs> uh, that that was a little ridiculous. Um, I, you know, a, a little disappointed in that uh, because I I was I was a little hopeful, but you know, between the casting and the overblown, you know, special effects, uh, the CGI work where you just kind of get lost in what it is that they were trying to display on the screen. 
Yeah. Uh, I would say that that ranks as a disappointment. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would tend to agree with both of your choices. Um, um, and, and just as a recap, here are some of the main titles that have already come out as of June 16th, 2010. Um, and there are others, but kind of just hitting the, the big, really big, big blockbuster movies. Um, the Losers, Shrek Forever After, Iron Man 2, Robin Hood, Prince Persia, A-Team, and most recently with A-Team, The Karate Kid. Um, and that's, that's not that bad of a lineup, you know, going halfway into the summer season. But I'm just looking real quick here at what last year, about this time, we were looking at. And uh, I want to ask you guys what you think Think the first half of this summer compares to the first half of last summer. Um, last summer we had, by this time, or around this time, I don't have the exact dates in front of me, but around, X-Men Origins Wolverine, Star Trek, Angels and Demons, Terminator Salvation, um, Night at the Museum 2, uh, if you want to call that blockbuster or not. Um, actually, I thought that came out later. I don't know why it's in this list. Anyway, Drag Me to Hell, Up, Land of the Lost, um, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. I think that came around July 4th. But compare that lineup halfway through the season to um, this season. And let me just, yeah, I think I said already. Robin Hood, I agree with you guys. I, I had heard so many bad things that I thought I was going to hate it. But I actually really enjoyed it. I like it much more than Kingdom of Heaven. Um, Kingdom of Heaven was very boring to me. Um, I found this to be, I was very engrossed in the story. Uh, and Prince Persia, I was sorely disappointed with for many of the same reasons that uh, you brought up, Tom. The casting was terrible. Um, it was like, why make it Persia? Why not just make it the Prince of Wellington <laughs> or something? <laughs> um, it, the story was thin. It was just thin, and it got thinner as it went along. I was really it was it was a spectacle, and I have to admit, the theater I saw it in had some special digital projection thing that they charged me like three extra dollars for. Um, I would have been happy to have seen it without it. But I have to admit, the sound and the picture was pretty amazing. I mean, it was it. I have to give it that, but that's not why I'm why I'm paying them twelve bucks or whatever I pay them. Uh, I want a good movie. So I was very disappointed with that as well. Uh, and partly, I was kind of disappointed with Iron Man 2 as well. I, I I was hoping for more of the same. I was hoping for them to capitalize on the things that I really liked about the first one. Um, and and they did kind of, but they also did more of what I didn't like in the first one. So in the end, I came out kind of disappointed. Um, but let me go back now to comparing May and the, most of June of last year to this May and June. Do you need me to read those names again, or you remember them? I think I've got them. Uh, I, I'm good from my perspective, and, okay. I, and I would say it's uh, last year maybe there's a little more firepower with, with the titles. Yeah. Uh, there seemed to be a little more that came out, but ultimately it seems like it's, a, it's, it's pretty much a draw. I mean, I liked Iron Man 2 maybe a little more than you did. I liked uh, about... 45 minutes of the A team. Okay. And uh, and I and I had Robin had to enjoy. Um, but you know, last year with Star Trek, uh, interesting thing with that for me is it's tough to go to, to try to watch that again because you know pretty much after Vulcan is uh, destroyed, <laughs> the movie is at an end. Uh, there's not much to it. <laughs> That's pretty early on too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, 
Yeah, I, I ultimately, I saw I, I pretty much a draw. I think you, you made a good point earlier uh, with Prince of Persia looking good, sounding good. Uh, that seems to be the root of the problem these days. These movies are at a high, such a high production value level that uh, they'll, they'll all look good pretty much at this point. But what, what we're left with are these thin stories and even weaker performances uh, that, that seem to be unsatisfying. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Agreed. What do, what do you think, Marys, about this May and June compared to last May and June? Okay, um, movie-wise... Eh, if it's just movies, then I might have enjoyed last uh, last year's lineup a little better than this one so far. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it seems like some of the titles were... I mean, Star Trek, it feels like, um, was, was more important almost on some level. It was so mm. hyped up and so, you know, crazy. It's a new Star Trek movie. And yeah. I haven't really felt that level of hype for any of the uh, um, this season so far, with the possible exception of Iron Man 2. Yeah. And, um, and you've hit it right on the head because, I mean, it's Star Trek. I mean, it, not because of that movie itself, um, but because it's Star Trek. I mean, it could have been the worst movie ever made, but because it was Star Trek, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have much it's more It's something. It's weight. an event. Yeah. Yeah. And Terminator 2, Terminator Salvation. I mean, it's Terminator. I mean, it's not on the same level as a Star Trek, but that is a, it's a classic franchise, as is you know, Star Trek. Not on the same level, but you know, and this year, what, you're right. The, the only franchise we have thus far is Iron Man. And it's just the sequel. Well, that's not true. Shrek Forever After, which I haven't seen yet, so I don't know. I, I, I think the reports have been pretty positive on it, though. Is that what you guys have heard about it? Or have you seen it? I haven't seen it. Tom, have you yeah, seen it's, it? Uh, you know, by all accounts, it wraps up, you know, if you want to call it wrapping up a saga. It, it does so well, but, yeah, I was you know, it's just too much Shrek, too much of the ogre. I, I, I wasn't really interested in seeing it, so <laughs> I did not venture into that one. <laughs> too much of the ogre. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you're not into the ogre, that's not the that's not the the the, the movie to see. <laughs> to see. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a draw as well. I think, as you spoken, Mary said, there was there was a little more gravitas to last year. Everybody was couldn't wait for Star Trek. You know, everybody couldn't wait for Termi Terminator Salvation. The ones that are out this first half of this summer, the only couldn't wait for is Iron Man Two, in my opinion. Um, that's that's the only one that people will really like. I can't wait to go see that and see, you know, and, and to continue that experience. Okay, well, what about if we're just talking about the music now, whether the f film was a flop or not, good or bad, met expectations, didn't meet expectations, what film score scores have stood out to you? Which ones have you liked the best thus far this summer, uh, Marius? Uh, which scores? Hmm. I, I think it actually might be The Karate Kid thus far um, okay. from this summer. I think that was probably the... Uh, the score that I enjoyed the most. Um, I've heard, uh, I mean, I've, I've listened to obviously the Robin Hood score and the Prince of Persia score, but somehow they didn't 
I don't know, they didn't really move me so much. Um, Karate Kid made, made probably the best impression thus far in the season. Iron Man 2 was really enjoyable, but I'm, I'm sort of looking forward to hearing it on album because in the film, even though I've seen it twice, it sort of vanishes in the mix, as is yeah. so often the case. So yeah. there are parts where I'm like, I don't even, I'm not sure what the music was like. You know, it was there somewhere, but who knows? Yeah. Well, I want to revisit that the topic of of the Iron Man score um, as we as we kind of wrap up and get you guys' feeling on something. Um, so you said uh, Karate Kid. Now I'm curious before I go to Tom. I'm curious if you heard the score before the movie um, and what your feeling of it was before. Did it change after you saw the movie? If you saw it, if you heard it before you saw the movie. I, I did hear it before I saw the movie, and it didn't change very much. Um, hmm. I actually, um, I guess I understood the context of some of the cues a little better, but the ones that I liked versus didn't like um, initially remained the same. Yeah. So it didn't really, it didn't sway me um, in any meaningful way. It was just sort of like, oh, now I understand why that was quieter or why that was, uh, you know. Okay. Okay. So. Well, because I've heard bits and pieces, some significant bits and pieces, and I, I was so underwhelmed by what I heard. And and so that's why I was curious if because the movie's gotten such positive reviews, which has really surprised me actually. Um, but it was just like such, it sounded like such Horner autopilot that I was like, oh man, come on, you know, let, give me something, you know, uh, give me something that I can really. Yeah, there's a lot of autopilot, and you can you can tell because it was rushed. Yes, um, absolutely. So there are moments where it's just sort of like, okay, this is, you know, he, you can feel him hitting the autopilot button, but then the next track comes on and it's like, oh, wait a minute, this is a, this is a different flavor. Mm, okay. So it's, it's, it jumps back and forth a little bit, but the good parts are legitimately very good. So. Okay. Well, that gives me, that gives me hope to, to listen to it in its entirety. And of course, you do have your review. I'm going to get that posted real quick. So, um, so all, all of the all of our listeners and readers can enjoy uh, your musings on the music. Um, so Karate Kid's your top performer thus far. Uh, thus far, yep. Tom, what about you? Yeah, I'll go with uh, Robin Hood. Uh, Strong felt score, I thought, uh, played better on the album because it seemed like Ridley, you know, much like in Kingdom of Heaven, started to loop the music to the point where it would make you a little irritable uh, when you're watching it. Uh, <laughs> But on its own, I, I thought it was a nice, you had a nice flow to it. It was very melodic, mm -hmm. which appeals to me. And it just didn't, it wasn't just plastered to the background. It, it had a presence about it. Uh, not to an epic level, but just enough to, you know, you know to satisfy, satisfy me. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the Karate Kid as well. Um, you, that's the kind of score you really got to let it uh, breathe uh, on, its, uh, on an album listening experience. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, you can't really take samples from that score and be impressed by it i agree um but if you Not listen really, to yeah. it in full mm -hmm. uh, if you listen to, to it in full it does kind of tell its own story and it has some very nice uh, moments in there um mm. and the a-team from what i heard in the movie have not had a chance to listen to the soundtrack on its own but uh you know this is this, that seemed to be the type of project that Syl sylvester gets amped up for You're right and, and he drives it home with a lot of energy and it helped the movie out i thought okay Okay. Well, I, you know, I, I and I and I'm I have a heavy bias towards James Horner. I generally like his stuff, um, uh, and so I I, I want to give Karate Kid a a, a good shot. 
um, and I will eventually. Uh, I have to agree with with you, Tom, on Robin Hood. I really ended up loving that score, uh, and I, I know my initial reaction was when I first heard that he was doing it and Zimmer wasn't. Although you know, same club, um, I was very disappointed because up until this one, you know, his scores were very, uh, very under. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They were just understated. That's it. Um, and there wasn't a lot of meat to them. And um, so I was like, this is not going to be good. <laughs> I just thought it's just going to be very understated and kind of boring like like Kingdom of Heaven was to me or even worse. So when I finally did hear it, I was like, wow. I mean, the, the kind of main theme was very catchy. Um, and it worked pretty well in the film itself. Although and we had talked offline about it a little bit, um, Tom and I, I, there were some parts where they used the real strong heroic theme in, in, a, in a part that really didn't, <laughs> didn't work. It was a little over the top and the music really called attention to itself. And you're like, hello, what do you, what? You know, why is it so strong here? Um, and so that was kind of like, eh, that's, but that's implementation. That's not the composer's fault. So that's my favorite score of, of the summer so far. I've listened to it incessantly and reviews by Halfway Done. Iron Man 2 I was actually disappointed in. Um, you made a good point, though, Marius. It was mixed kind of low, and the sound effects were just, like, all over the top of it. Um, but even what I did hear, I was just not, I wasn't feeling it. And in all honesty, which I'm really shocked that I'm about to say this, but I'll say it. Uh, I really now looking back and listening to them both I prefer Ramin um, Javadi's score for the first one uh, oh it, boy <laughs> yeah I know I'm surprised <laughs> but I, I really think that, that the style of it fit better um, I know you know Debney of course is a master he's an incredible composer but I just thought this, the style that Javadi brought to the table actually worked better for that particular for this franchise um i don't know what do you guys think about that you're like what do you think comparing the two i think i know but i'll ask you anyway <laughs> well i think uh given all the hoopla about these fanboys and their you know utter disgust with uh, ramin's work in iron man one i thought it was a little over the top i, I thought he did a serviceable job in delivering the score. I know he probably had some help with it, but you know, it, it was solid. Um, I thought Debney's version was a little better. It, it plays on uh, you know, on its own uh, a little more completely yeah. uh, than Iron Man 1. Uh, but, you know, the, 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 the average audience member is not going to notice the difference between the two. Um, I think they both did the job well enough. Uh, but yeah, I just thought it was an overblown issue about uh, Ramin doing Iron Man 1 and not having some epic Iron Man theme to associate the movie with, with yeah. which and, there was actually a nice theme and that just wasn't yeah. played too often. And and, and, and kudos to, to Favreau for giving someone quote-unquote unknown a shot, you know what I mean? I, I give him credit for that because that's a, that's a big title. And yeah, he could have gone, and everyone expected John Debney, I did anyway, from day one, John Favreau, John Debney. And, and so, yeah, I was initially disappointed by the fact that um, uh, it wasn't Debney. But in hindsight, looking at it, I was like, you know, that's, that's cool because there's a lot of guys out there who are, you know, 
assisting other composers and kind of writing additional music and all of that. And they never get a shot because it's a, if it's a class A film, it's going to be, you know, one of five composers who probably do it. So I give him, I give him credit for that. And, and I give props to Ramin Zawadi. And if he'd like to sponsor the Soundcast, <laughs> I'd welcome that as well. Well, well I, think, uh, I think with that, in that case, that might have been Zimmer uh, getting his guy in there for Iron Man 1. Could be. Um, I mean, I'm sure it was. But, but I mean, so, I'm, sure, uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure Favreau could have said, no, I don't want some unknown dude whose name I can't even pronounce. <laughs> I want someone, I want a big name. You know what I mean? I'm sure he could have demanded that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's his first kind of franchise movie, but but the point is well taken that these uh, these lesser known and emerging composers do deserve these opportunities. And look what what, what Ramin did with Clash of the Titans. I thought that was a really good score yeah. um, from this year. Yeah, that good point. And I didn't. I guess that was a spring release, wasn't it? Was that a summer release? Because I left totally April. left that out. Yeah, April. Yeah, okay. early April. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't quite quite qualify. Um, what do you, did you have any thoughts on that? on Ramin versus John Debney? I, I feel bad commenting until I've heard Iron Man 2 on album just because, again, it, in, in the film, so much of it just disappeared in the mix. But stylistically, I don't know. I think both of them fit the film very well. Um, mm. I think musically, uh, just from like sheer, you know, in terms of sophistication, Debney obviously gets the nod. Um, but in terms of like, film scoring and just how it works against the picture um, I might even agree with you that that the first was at least just as um, successful mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know on album I mean I I've gone back to it since and and tried to just have it on and and it's not I don't know it's not fun for me to listen to it doesn't really agreed. give me much to to work with on its own agreed um, but I, I, told, I agree with you there yeah totally agree and but one thing's for sure we did definitely hear the music in the film (laughs) it wasn't it wasn't mixed out that's for sure Okay, well, let's move it on. And this is what I think is going to be even a funner discussion. A funner discussion? A more interesting discussion. And that is what we have left in the second half of this summer. And let me just read off a few titles, and we'll hit the movies. Well, we'll do it all together. because I don't want to go too long on this, but we'll do the movies and the music together, what our expectations are um, coming up for the rest of the summer. Um, in no particular order, we got Jonah Hex, which is, has a score by Marco Beltrami and John Powell. Now, this is from uh, the IMDb, so I'm not sure if that's true. But that seems like an interesting mix of composers, so take that for what it's worth. Inception, which is music by Hans Zimmer. Twilight Eclipse from, with music by Howard Shore. Night and Day uh, by John Powell. The Last Airbender by James Newton Howard. Predators by John Debney. The Sorcerer's Apprentice, Trevor Rabin. Salt, James Newton Howard, The Expendables, Brian Tyler, and Toy Story 3, Randy Newman. Tom, which, which one or ones are you most anticipating uh, for the rest of the summer? 
Well, I'll go with the original Avatar, uh, and it's something that I've uh, already heard. So uh, I'm, I'm very much a huge fan of what James Newton Howard has done with The Last Airbender. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a revitalizing type of effort uh, yes. from a fan's perspective. Uh, so I, I thought I thought that was just uh, j- just great stuff, and I think that will probably lead the uh, pack by the time the, the, the summer season is over with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. A- any others in there, but or is that one just such a far far out ahead that everyone else is a distant second? Well, we'll see what uh, Sword does uh, if he picks up the Twilight series. Uh, you know, going from uh, Burwell to The Splot to now Howard Shore, I mean, the success, you know, in succession, you know, the, the scores are going to keep getting better and better, hopefully. So yeah. uh, I have hopes for that one as well. Uh, not so much the movie, but the score. <laughs> Come on, admit it. You're a Twilighter. <laughs> <laughs> we won't tell anyone. Um, Marius, what about you? Uh, well, I agree with Tom that uh, The Last Airbender is fantastic. Uh, I cannot wait to see the film. Uh, yeah. Hopefully they, they match up. Yeah. Um, but either way, the, the score is just magnificent. Um, but I'm actually looking forward to a lot of the other titles. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what, um, seeing what Zimmer does with Inception. Mm-hmm. I think it's the kind of premise that you know, he can be a little edgy and creative with. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see um, what Howard Shore comes up with for um, Twilight. I hate Twilight so very much. Oh, come but on, don't, don't, <laughs> don't put up a front. It's okay, we won't tell anyone. All right. Um, <laughs> but if Twilight would like to sponsor this soundcast, <laughs> we'll happily promote it. <laughs> <laughs> if you hadn't noticed, we're really after sponsors. Um, Sorry, go ahead. And Predators. Mm-hmm. Predators, I'm actually very excited about um, the film as well, just because I feel like... I haven't seen a Predators film in a very long time, and I enjoyed them. And that's a that's a reboot that I think could actually be. Uh, it, it wouldn't feel necess- like sort of an unnecessary sequel. Yeah. yeah. I think they could actually take it in a new direction, which they seem to have done, and and make it work. Yeah. So here's hoping. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you guys. Last Airbender, it like made my summer in terms of just having some experience during the summer that I'll kind of like remember for a long time. Listening to that for the first time was like, and it's something that I didn't realize I hadn't felt for so long. It's like, wow, this is freaking incredible. Not just, yeah, it's good, but just like, wow, this is freaking awesome. I haven't had that feeling in such a long time. It was great just feeling it. And it it just totally made my summer and it 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 absolutely absolutely made me want to see the film i was kind of like yeah I'll, maybe i'll see it maybe not but after hearing i was like man i gotta see this and i hope it's i hope it's just half as good as the score is i mean not people not many are giving old m night a whole lot of cred um but you know, after i listened to the score is then i saw prince of persia and one of the trailers they showed before was the last airbender and it was a trailer i hadn't seen and i was like man this is this is just i can't wait and i hope i'm not sorely disappointed and i don't think i'm gonna be i want to just be able to have my expectations so far up there and they actually meet it that's what i'm i'm, I'm, I'm holding out hope for so far and away the most anticipated i mean of course we've all heard it already but i think that's going to end up being the best 
it may be the best score of the year for me. I, I can't imagine maybe Tron or something coming out of nowhere and just being like mind blowing. Maybe, but I don't think so. Um, so far and away, the, the, the one that I'm most anticipating, even though I've already heard it movie, I'm very much anticipating. But those ones, there's some others, you know, Trevor Rabin, when he's given the right vehicle, he, he's one of the best uh, writers of themes out there. You know, when he when he has to write something for like some inspirational football film or basketball film or whatever on a film that has some kind of inspiration factor, he's one of the best. I mean, he can he can turn out a great theme. Sorcerer's Apprentice. I don't know if that's the, <laughs> the vehicle for that, um, but I'm interested. I mean, the, his, his last Disney film was like, please just pull my ears off um, and pluck my eyes out, uh, which was the race to which mountain. Terrible, oh, oh, terrible, yeah. terrible, terrible, terrible. So that's the, the taste that's left in my mouth. But but he's such a good composer. I, I, I kind of am interested. Um, I'm interested if it's true, the Marco Beltrami, John Powell collaboration. I hope it's a collaboration, not a split. Like, all right, you do the first half of the film and I'll do the second half. Uh, I hope it's a true collaboration. That could be very interesting um, if that's true. And Yeah, it could be. It sounds like a split. Uh, responsibility on that. I can't, I can't imagine them, them because Marco collaborates with Buck Sanders, so I'd have to imagine schedules got mixed up or something, and there's oh, different see. pieces of it. Or he made it sound like the Hurt Locker. <laughs> and they said, no, no, bring in John Powell. <laughs> yeah, and I think John may have left the film earlier, uh, early oh, on. Oh, I see. Is that, and is that Marco the story? Came in. I think that's true, actually. I think that John Powell um, had to leave the project because I was reading about, I actually didn't even know that Jonah Hex existed. I have to admit this until last week when I accidentally, yeah, seriously, when I came across the trailer and I was like, what is this? Where did it come from? Why do I not know about it? (laughs) Um, So then I read up on it and apparently they've been through uh, production hell and and back again. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had read uh, on in some article that, that John Powell had actually um, been required because of the, the scheduling conflicts um, to step down from the project. So as far as I understood, it's now um, Marco and also um, there was a an independent artist who was supposed to be providing the more rock-like elements, but I, I don't uh, remember who it was. Okay. So, so is there any John Powell left? Or I don't it, know. I, okay. I, it made it, like, the article made it sound like if there was, it would not really be very significant because he left fairly no. early in the actual okay. process. Well, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. Then I'm, I'm much less interested in that now. Um, Brian Tyler's The Expendables. Brian Tyler always does interesting stuff. Um, he's a lot less busy this year than he was last year, that's for sure. Uh, but it looks like James Newton Howard made up the balance i mean he, he and um uh well yeah he's got two two and john nebney two scores this summer predators he said he's going to be faithful to some degree to sylvester's original theme which you gotta be um i mean that's you can't take that out so i think that's going to be exciting as well um cool well any any final thoughts on the summer it's passed in the summer we have remaining. If not, I have, an, I have one last question to ask you guys. Well, I would just say, you know, keep looking for uh, alternatives, like a score like Centurion by Ilana Scary, okay. or like a Red Dead Redemption from the video game arena. A couple okay. different 
different offerings that, that uh, work for me, and I think a lot of uh, listeners would enjoy as well. All right, cool. Mary, so any, any final thoughts on that topic? Yeah, I actually, Tom, uh, I'm glad you, you brought up Red Dead Redemption. That was quite a cool score. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very fun to listen to for me on album, and I, I sort of have high standards for, um, for Western games. I remember the score for Gun. I don't remember how long ago that game came out, but it was uh, Christopher years, Leonard's. Yeah. And it was, was an excellent score, job. really good theme, really, really fun. And this kind of felt like the same spirit, a little more contemporary, a little more edgy, but very good score. Yeah. More okay. than I can say for the Prince of Persia um, <laughs> game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it left a little bit to be desired, as did the film. So at least they were a match. Yeah, they matched. <laughs> that, that was. Although nice. uh, I liked Harry Gregson Williams' score enough. I mean, it's not spectacular, but it's not bad either. I mean, I the ostrich race score. was great. Yeah, in all seriousness, I really love that piece because it, it, it's, it's very reminiscent of stuff from the, the, the Prince of Egypt, uh, the chariot racing from, from Prince of Egypt, very, very similar to that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so when I heard it, I thought, hmm, what is that? You know, I didn't know what I was listening to, and then I saw the title, and oh, and then I saw the film, like, okay. But, yeah, so I give him some credit there. Okay, so here's the last question I want to ask. We'll end with this. Um, we've got a couple... And I've forgotten the second one now, but um, I want to get you guys' take on, uh, I think it's, yeah, I know the two now. Iron Man 2 and Twilight Eclipse both have uh, compilation soundtracks and original score soundtracks. And in both cases, the original score got the boot uh, in favor, not, not a permanent boot, but just got pushed in, by, in Iron Man by a good amount. Um, away from the release of the film. Um, I know my feeling on that is that I hate it because, number one, I'm not so interested in listening to Iron Man 2 now. Uh, it's, not, it's not in my thinking and it's not in my feeling. It's like I'm interested in all the films we just talked about and their scores. Um, and, and even though, yeah, I'm still interested in I'm much less interested in it, and there's other things that I'd rather spend my money on and my time on. Um, and I know and we know why they do it, because people are stupid and they buy the wrong one when they because re- they used to release them together uh, back in the day uh, and people would buy the wrong one and be all ticked off about it. So, but I want to get your guys take on it. Does that bother you? Does it affect your purchasing um, or interest level when they when they delay the score in faith? So they sound the pop compilation soundtrack can be released with the movie. What do you guys think about that? I'll tell you what bothers me about it. It bothers me that there were so many stupid people that they had to change the policy. Because, <laughs> well, honestly, it makes a whole lot more sense on, on a lot of levels to release them at the same time. Because there's generally two different audiences. There's people who are interested in the licensed music, and then there are people who are interested in the score. But in both cases, you want to hear it while the hype is still big. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to hear it with the movie. You've seen the movie, you want to go out, buy the soundtrack, listen to it, you know, driving to work the next day kind of thing. If it shows up two months later, you've sort of moved on. It's like, well, yeah, it was good, it was fun. Like you said, still interested, but it's no longer got that fresh appeal. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's annoying. I don't think it's good, and I don't think it's good for their sales either. I think some right. people lose 
interest even they just yeah. even if they would have bought it initially they think well okay now why bother i you know i've seen the film a couple times i'm i think i'm okay yeah yeah what do you think tom yeah totally agree i mean these scores will slip off the radar uh you know just just by nature uh, if, if you delay them out too long i mean i suppose on one end if they're so you know if the score is so powerful in the movie it could build up you know, second tier of anticipation for that score release, but you know, ultimately it doesn't work out that way, and it just reminds us that you know we're the minority in all this, even though we're probably the most passionate. Mm-hmm. Good point. And on the flip side of that, can we? And I don't know the record label that released it, but but props to the record label that's putting out the last Airbender for putting that music out so freaking early in comparison to the release of the film. Um, that's, that's the way it used to be. And because of the music being so great and me being able to hear it way in advance of the film, now I'm definitely going to see the film. And so they've, they've there's at least, I know we are the minority, but they're selling a few more tickets than they would have, I think, by, by releasing it when they did. It was even uh, actually earlier than, than it was scheduled. Uh, it showed up on iTunes, isn't that right? It was supposed uh, to show up on a certain date, and it popped up a little earlier on iTunes. Yeah, you know what? I think you're right. I think you're all right. But people um, now are, are sort of wondering, because some rumor went around about a choir. Um, I, I didn't even really understand what that was all about. Some people were saying that there was more choir in the actual film mix, but they had to take it out of the soundtrack mix for some licensing reason. Oh, uh, really? That'll yeah. be interesting to hear. I don't know if that's true or not. It's just a rumor that was going around and people were getting quite upset on some forums I was reading. So, huh. I, interesting I to compare. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the way it sounded on the, on the, on the soundtrack was pretty doggone good to me. But let's see, what, let's see where that goes. Well, yeah, I'm, it, it's not something that... I don't think they did that last year. Maybe there weren't any... There weren't any dual um, soundtrack releases like this year, because it, it really caught me off guard. Because when Iron Man was coming out, I started looking for it. Like, where's the where's the soundtrack? And it's like June or whatever, July, whenever it's coming out. I'm like, what the heck? I'm, who's gonna wait two months or three months, you know, for that? Um, which, and I think, you know, if I'm got to pick, I'm much much more interested in what John Debney's doing with Predators. And, you know, he's put out those clips of the recording sessions. Sounds fantastic. I'm much, much more interested in that now. You know, it just, it's just very curious to me. And I think it's a, a really bad move. And I hope the labels, you know, just design the cover much differently and put original score in big letters. I don't know what they have to do, but just release them at the same time. Um, or release the score early. How about that? Release the score before the movie <laughs> comes out. Release the soundtrack after it comes out. How about make them wait a few days or something? Um, I don't know. It just really takes me off. And I hope that's not a, something we move back into. Although I'll take that over not releasing at all. But I think they can do better in the marketing there. Um, any other thoughts on that? Nope. No, just, uh, you know, uh, agree with uh, both of you on your sentiments about it. All right, cool. Well, between us three, I think we're really going to get <laughs> some change <laughs> to happen because of yeah. this podcast. <laughs> um, but right, of course, grassroots any... movement. That's right. It's got to start somewhere. 
But of course, if any of those labels would like to sponsor the soundcast, <laughs> you can release them whenever you like. And uh, we'll give them good reviews. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this edition of the soundcast. Uh, once again, I want to thank you, Marius and Tom, for, for joining in and uh, making this discussion so interesting. Um, I look forward to seeing and experiencing whatever the whatever films we have left this summer. I think it's going to be a very entertaining uh, second half of the summer, and I think I think we'll do this before the summer's over. But we definitely should have a summer recap uh, show in our in our future. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, thanks again for joining in, and thanks to all of you for listening to the Soundcast. I am your host, Christopher Coleman. This is. The official podcast of tracksounds.com. Um, the theme music is written by composer Mark Grisky, and the show is also produced by yours truly. Uh, you can subscribe to the Soundcast at iTunes, or you can go to thesoundcast.com and you can subscribe to our RSS feed, leave us feedback, uh, listen to other archive shows, whatever you like. Um, you can do it all there. So, once again, Thanks for listening, and until we are uh, talking and listening together again, continue to enjoy your music.